What's up, y'all? This is Lex. Welcome back to the Grown Folks, where we talk about real, raw, grown folk shit. What's up, y'all? It's Court. Welcome back. I'm ready to get into it. I don't know about y'all, but let's get into it. Let's get into it. So today's topic is... A little heavy. Yeah, it's a little heavy, but we thought we would get into it and talk about some of the things that we've been through and how we've gotten through them. So... Today's podcast is about trauma, and it's relatable, because all of us have it. Yeah, we're human. We all have it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, for me, I feel like childhood trauma is, you know, it's one of those things that, like, everybody goes through, and... Especially the first five years of your life. Yeah, that's, like, where your brain develops, you yeah. know? And so those things like present themselves in ways like when you get older, um, like for me, I have anxiety and ADHD and depression. So me too. <laughs> That's not funny. It's not. <laughs> so I, that's another thing is like using um, humor to cope. humor to cope. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do that a lot. Why like, do Why do people Why do some people hate it so much? People hate that, like, all over social media, like, people be like, oh, that's not funny, talking about this and that. And I'm like, dude, it's, you, you don't realize this is a coping mechanism? This is helping them right. reach a different mindset? Exactly, yeah. No, that's how I feel. Like, when I use, like, humor to cope, I'm, like, laughing past my pain. Like, it's one of those mm -hmm. situations where it's, like, either I laugh or I cry. Yeah. So I choose to laugh about it. You yeah. know what I mean? So like one of the more heavy subjects, I would say for me, well, there's a few, but just um, like my childhood was very all over the movie -like. place. Like every time you tell me a story, I'm like, Dang, it's not like a movie. Yeah. Like it was it was rough, like for me growing up. And there's a lot of things that I've been through and a lot of things that I do like to this day that I'm still figuring out like, oh, wow, that's why I do this. And that's why I'm like this. And forever learning. Yeah. So one, one of the um, things that I really wanted to touch on is like suicide, like we just had suicide prevention month and I think it's important to have those conversations like and really be vulnerable and open about those situations so that you know when other people are going through it they know that they're not alone and that you know you can Man, make it through it say that again because you know the, the older generation they'll be like oh you soft and da, 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 da. I'm like Bro, <laughs> oh, we can't just talk about it. You don't want to talk about it either. Right. You don't want to deal with it or talk about they it. They don't want to talk about nothing hey. at all. Even that's a hard time. So I know for me, I had my first um, situation or just encounter with suicide when I was about seven years old. Mm. So this is like a heavy subject for me to talk about. So if I cry, y'all, whatevs. Laugh, but, just laugh. Um. When I was seven years old, my mom attempted suicide, mm -hmm. and I got off the bus, and I just felt like something was wrong, so I just ran inside, and I found her, you know, and I, I had to go and, like, run and find help and get somebody to call 911, you know, and, like, as a child, I didn't understand 
what was going on or mm-hmm. I, I couldn't wrap my mind around even the concept of what had just happened until I got older and it made me like very resentful and like angry almost mm-hmm. like towards her because like how could you leave mm-hmm. me here? It affects you. It affects everyone around right. that person. Like, it's not just you. Like, it's me. I'm, like, you were going to leave me, too. Mm-hmm. You know? But as I got older and I became depressed, like, I I tried when I was 19. So I have a tattoo on my hand. It's a semicolon. Um, and I'm so glad, like, that... I didn't succeed in my attempt because mm-hmm. now I'm sitting here almost 10 years later and I could have never pictured this life for myself. Right, you know? right. And even it if, even if really you, changed things. Yeah, even if you didn't, like, obviously you didn't succeed, but just being in that space is hard to get past. It is. Like, not only seeing it, but then, you know, that leads you to, you know wanting to do it for whatever reason you know things build up but when my back got against the wall like i like i don't know it's it's a it's a indescribable feeling of Mm -hmm. just there's no other way like it's like complete defeat yeah you don't see any solutions to your problems but like leaving them here in this world Exactly. And now, like, looking back on that part of my life and looking back at the situation with my mom, like, it taught me a lot and it actually allowed me to heal in a way and, like, forgive her mm-hmm. because I knew what that felt like. I knew what she was going through at that point mm. to where she felt so alone and so, you know, overwhelmed that she felt like that was her only option. And I was mad at her. And then, after I was able to like forgive her and see where she was coming from, then I was mad at myself because I felt a little guilty for being mad at her, you know. Right. And, you know, but I was a kid, yeah, so yeah. wasn't much I could do. You but have that right. Exactly. To be upset. But I'm just I'm really like thankful that I made it through that. So Me too. I would say like for you and your experience with suicide and like trauma what you know what trauma have you dealt with with suicide in your life um so mine is different i think it's well i don't know for any other any of anybody else but for you to see it i can't imagine how you felt or what was going through your mind or what you felt like you had to do but for me i never seen it like you know what I'm saying? Like nothing I've I've never seen anything like that. Right. Um, but I guess in movies or you know, but that's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I'm not gonna like say exactly what I did, but I did I did come to that point where I wanted to go through with it. Yeah. And I was there and I was you know, but I didn't I didn't go through with it. I couldn't because all I can think about is everyone else. Right. Like I always do. And I think that's um, that's what stopped me. I only, you know, been to that point maybe one, once or twice, but the first time was very serious. And you know, I I just I just kept thinking about everybody else. Yeah. And you know, even <clears throat> even if like today, like if I were to have that thought, 
I would let it pass because there's nothing like leaving or disappointing someone else right because of your own you know what I'm saying there's so many ways to to help yourself exactly instead of just giving up even when you feel like you're against the wall or you're defeated or there's no other answer like there's always some way to help yourself rather than hurting yourself and hurting other people yeah so, well, I'm glad that we're still here yeah. and that we found our path together. Yeah, I think once you get past that, you become stronger. Yeah, I feel like, too, I have I have a different outlook on it now. Um, rather than, like, looking um, and thinking about other people, mm-hmm. when I got to that point, like, I didn't want to think about other people. I wanted to think right. about myself, and I wanted to love myself and love my life enough to where... I didn't have to use like other people as an excuse as to why I didn't want to do it anymore. Like I didn't want to be like, Oh, well, I, I don't want to do that because I have these people that are dependent on me or, mm-hmm. you know, these people in my life that are going to be so sad, which of course that's something that I would think about, but I wanted to be able to think about me and be like, I wouldn't do that to me mm-hmm. because I love me and I want to be here just to be here you know what right, I mean right. so now I'm able to like look at life like that and like if I would have succeeded like none of anything would have happened right. and I'm just so thankful that I didn't you know go through with that but mm-hmm. backing things up a little bit I wanted to talk about like what led me there and like the trauma that um yeah, so it wasn't just seeing that that led yeah. you to that. It was other stuff that built up. Yeah, it was definitely, like, uh, of course, for both of us, it was other stuff that, like, built up, like, mm-hmm. so after that, after, you know, my mom tried, like, I still was a child. I still didn't understand, and um, I've talked about it before, but, like, my parents had um, substance abuse issues, like, my entire life growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the times as a kid, I would have to, like, take care of my mom, like, when she was sick and, you know, couldn't, you know, get what she needed and stuff like that. So now as I'm an adult, I'm looking back on those things and, like, it made me become, like, a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And, like, because I never knew what type of mood that I was going to be, like, waking up to. So... And then I had you, to, you never got to be a child either. Yeah, and I, I had to, like, adjust my mood and how I was going to act based upon, like, what my situation was at home that day. Mm-hmm. So, grow like, now, not now, but when I was, you know, going through my phases of trying to figure out my trauma and figure out myself, like, that was definitely one of my things is I was a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I figured out that, that that was why, you know. And um, <clears throat> then once, you know, things kind of got out of control, she, um, you know, she left for for a while. And for me, like, that gave me, like, serious, like, abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. And for a while, like, I was bouncing around from family member to family member's house. And, you know, I never really had, like, set schedule or Mm -hmm. anything like that so like the abandonment issues definitely show themselves 
to this day in my life. Like, yeah, because that's like that's your mom. Like, I have abandonment issues, and and it's not for my mom. Like, <clears throat> my dad is it's so opposite too, because my dad was there in the beginning, you know, and then he disappeared. He slowly but surely disappeared. Right. Still don't know why to this day, but it, it happened. And usually it's the opposite way around. Like, they're not there, and then they show up in your life later on. So. I totally get the abandonment issues, but it's different because it's my dad. Yeah. So it's not like so traumatic. But no, I, it, I wouldn't it's say still, that. I would say that it's still just your mom of traumatic. your dad. <clears throat> I mean, you know yeah. I mean? You're a woman. Yeah. I mean, it it sucks, but I would um, like presenting itself now, like in my life, like I've had a lot of trouble, like with relationships because I'm always, you know, not only was I people pleasing, but I felt like if I didn't people please, then they were going to leave me. And like, that was my Mm -hmm. ultimate fear is like being abandoned and being Mm -hmm. left. And like, I've, I've gotten over that part, but I still have like, when it comes to like friends and stuff, that's why I don't have like a lot of friends, like I have a hard time allowing people to get close to me. Right. And that's something I'm still dealing with to this day. Like, I, it's still really hard for me to let people get close to me mm-hmm. just because, you know, I'm like, I've had so many situations where it's went the wrong way. And I'm like, I, I would just rather save myself the, the pain yeah. And, you know, I don't blame you. But how how do you think that the abandonment issues for you have presented themselves as an adult? Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, uh, I mean, I've had more trauma than just being abandoned. And so it's, it's built <laughs> up. It's a lot of things to where like, and it may sound silly, like I was the youngest. So I felt like I was never heard. you know and then it's like my mom single parent she worked three jobs so she was barely around you know she as much as she could she was at every game i'll tell you that though but um so i just felt like i was never heard so and and the abandonment issues and i also was a people pleaser still haven't figured out why yet right you know but and then um I know we're going to get to it, but being molested um, and then, like, the result of that, it's, it's just crazy, like, because I didn't tell anybody about that till I was, like, 20. Yeah. But um, in today's world, well, my today's world, like, I am, like, unlearning a lot of shit. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> That's the best way I could put it, just unlearning shit and learning the best ways to um help me right and one of them is yoga oh yeah yoga's really helping it kicked my butt today but hey look at that blue bird sorry <laughs> but, <A> um, squirrel <laughs> adhd in full effect <laughs> the, yeah the, hey they go another one adhd is a bitch like i can't focus for nothing oh god but um yeah like just like I know you were talking about like your schedule and everything that's tough because I kind of sort of had a schedule and then like playing basketball like playing sports it helped me be disciplined but 
it, I'm still all over the place. Right. I feel that. I got mm. a piece of hair in my eyeball. Sorry. I'm fighting it over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I'm pretty sure you can tell people, like, how it manifests. Because, like, I, I feel like you watch me a lot just because you're on the outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like my, we, my moods are all yeah. over the place because of trauma and. Well, I mean, we. The people pleasing aspect. We talked about, like, your. Um, like, for me, like, growing up in those situations, like, it made me very, like, outspoken yeah. and, like, not, I wouldn't say aggressive. At one point, I was aggressive and I was, like, fit like violent and Me stuff too, like dude. that and I would get in a lot of fights growing up and all that stuff and I was just ready to pop off at anybody at any minute but like still I have like a big personality like mm-hmm. and I, I say what's on my mind and you know like that's what it did to me because I didn't want to be silenced and I feel like I was silenced you know See, as a kid and I feel like it had the opposite effect like for you yeah, I, I think then I think a lot of people realize that they're like, why does you know why court don't talk that much? Like, let her talk. Like, it's not let me talk. It's like I don't feel the need to talk, yeah. and and that, that's just the trauma. But it's like I'm this gonna sound bad, but I'm okay with it. Like I'm okay with not speaking on everything. Right. Like I just be chilling. Like I don't need to speak on it. Like if you gonna ask me something, I, you know what I'm saying? Well, we can talk about it, but. Right. I don't feel the need to interject myself on every conversation. Right. No, I feel that. I think so. like when when we were talking about it, like you t- you you were telling me. Well, we had the conversation of like you like speaking up for yourself. Oh yeah. That, like yeah. When when it comes to something like that, and I'm like, you know, it's okay to like tell people how you feel, you know. And yeah. we had that conversation. And that's what I was saying, like, for for me, I feel like we took, like, opposite roads in our yeah. trauma. We we have that situation on a, on a few issues, too. And, like, mm-hmm. when you were speaking about, like, the schedule thing, like, it's so hard for me to have, like, a regular down-packed schedule. Like, I it's never so impossible. Had, I don't see how people do it. Yeah, like, I never had a schedule, like, growing up as a child. Like, I was just all over the place. Like, I went to, like, seven different elementary schools. Me too. And, like, it was just always just, you never knew what was going to happen. And I think that, like, now as an adult trying to nail down a schedule, it's it seems so small and insignificant to other people. But for me, that has been such a struggle and I get so upset with myself because I'm like why can't I just be normal like why right. can't I just do what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it Listen, like it's not that hard I'm giving up I'm just a go with the flow type of guy now <laughs> I just I can't there's there's no way I can just stick to a schedule every day yeah I feel that I don't even know why I just can't but I think that that's just one of the other ways that it manifests it the trauma has manifested yeah. its way into my adult life. Like, I'm going to therapy though. I'm working through my stuff, going to yoga. Like, we're doing our our due diligence, working on our adult selves and healing our inner child. Mm-hmm. Um, you and know, even helping our kids like the healthy way. Yeah, the like, way it should be done. And that's one of the things. Like, 
one of the um, people um, on Instagram asked, how do you heal your inner child? And for me, like healing my inner child is through my kids. Like giving them all of the things that I was never able to have, not just materialistic things, but giving them like the love, the attention, the, you know, a stable household, Mm -hmm. all of those things like that heals me like that. I know that they're going to still have issues probably when they grow up, but they're not going to have these issues that I'm dealing with. I think my favorite thing to help them with is like giving them tools to deal with their emotions. Mm -hmm. Because like you were saying earlier, like I went through a whole rage period. Like I was a mean kid when I was younger. (laughs) Like I was so mean. And now I'm like super nice. I might be too nice, but I was a mean kid. And I went through, like, I used to like, (laughs) I remember this one time. (laughs) I don't even know what I was mad about. But I had this Rubik's Cube. And I threw it against my wall and it broke. And I used to do stuff like that all the time. But (laughs) when I noticed the kids doing that, like, sometimes you just got to hit something. or You know what I'm saying? Instead of doing that, because you're not finna, like, you're not finna break something I bought you. Right. <laughs> this is my door. You're not going to punch my door. Nah, but I be giving them tools like, hey, breathe or do a couple of push-ups real quick. You know, um, what else? I'm, I'm about to start making them do some yoga poses. Right. That's that's so crazy that you say that because, like, growing up, I never had anybody, anybody ask me, like, hey, are you okay? Right. Like, or talk to me about my emotions. Like, even though, they didn't, like, they didn't like to talk about stuff back in the day. Everybody seen me as a kid going through all of these things that I was going through. Like, and they, like, nobody ever really asked me if I was okay. Or, you know, how I was feeling about stuff. Or, you know, like, it's crazy. It's crazy because you think they would as an adult. You'd be like, dang, this kid seemed like they going through something. Maybe I should ask them and, you know, talk to them and whatnot. But Right. You remember what I told you last night? What? Like, it's like seeing a thousand million different, like, movie screens. Oh, man, that was a good analogy. people are standing in front of those movie screens watching their own lives, and they're the main character in all of their own movies. So, like, everybody's the main character in their own movie, and they're just watching their life happen. And so I think a lot of people get, like, even adults, like, we get wrapped up in stuff and we miss things and we don't see things because we got our own stuff going on. Yep. And I think that's why, like, I don't blame anybody in in my past for the things that have happened yeah, to me nah. or the, the things that they neglected to do. But I think that they got caught up in the things that they had going on because they were going through a lot of stuff that yeah. they just didn't see or just didn't have the time or... You know, or didn't know how to slow down and process yeah. and live through it and work through it. Right. They didn't, or maybe they just didn't even have the mental capacity to, hey. you know, It'd do be that like at that. the time. It'd be and like that. So I think blame blaming people doesn't do any good. Right. You just gotta fix it and move forward. You know. But I will say one, like one of the great things that my mom like taught me is even though she did all the things that. that she did you know we all do a lot wrong Mm. but oh i'm not gonna cry but um she was always a really good person yeah i was gonna say that about my mom too 
always a really good person. Like, she would give to the homeless and, you know, um, just even when she didn't have anything, like, if she seen somebody getting picked on or something like that, like, she she taught me those things. And as I grew up, like, I became that person and I was always, like, trying to be an advocate for people that couldn't speak up for themselves and you know, helping other people, like, she taught me that. That's where that came from. Was she a pet type of guy? She wasn't really a pet person, really? honestly. I don't know where <laughs> I got that from, to be honest. Like, hey, it seemed like she would be. Yeah, I think she would have been, but nah. <clears throat> Life. Yeah. Life gets in the way. Definitely. I think, um, too, oh my gosh, this is a good one because I always think I'm crazy when I think like this, but like having that like substance abuse mm-hmm. in my in my past and you know they say it's like passed down through DNA yeah so like when i'm prescribed medicine oh man i have like serious anxiety about taking it you need medicine for taking medicine right <laughs> exactly like because i'm like well what if i get addicted to it and then all of a sudden like i just turn into a full <laughs> addict like you know yeah. I think about stuff like that so I have to like That's talk myself up to taking my medicine and like you know be like hey this is prescribed you're not gonna become an yeah. addict you're gonna be fine you're fine yeah I even have to help you I'm trying to talk to you like hey it's fine <laughs> I'm not gonna let you go out like that <laughs> right. I got you oh god it's, nah. it's just really funny how I feel you. Know. Things like that. It's like the small things. And then, especially you know, like. like, I have alcoholics in my family. And like, every time I have a drink, I'd be like, dang, should I be having this drink? Right. Like, I'd be like, dang, I deserve a little drink. Dang, like, relax, Court. Oh, God. We did have a period of time. Like, we talked oh, about man. it before. How yeah. we was like. It was bad. It was bad. We was depressed at the same time. It was just, whoo. We had to have a conversation with each other and be like, hey, listen, we ain't drinking no more. Mm -hmm. This is getting out of hand. But I do want to go back to what you said earlier about, like, being molested as a child. Um, Because that in itself can cause so much trauma that, like, I I didn't even begin to realize until, like, recently. Like, I I knew some of it, but... Like, again, like you... It, it goes... You can go down so many different roads when that happens. Right. Like I was saying, like, how we went down different paths. Mm-hmm. Like, we both had similar experiences as a child being molested. But for me, and it's something that, like, I'm I'm working through currently with, with my therapist because mm-hmm. when I became, um, you know, a teenager and I started getting that attention that I was looking for mm-hmm. at home, like, I became, like, really promiscuous as a teenager, and I couldn't understand, like, at the time why I was doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, like, as I got older, I became ashamed of. And, mm-hmm. like, it was a really hard part of my life to talk about. And it's almost like I just... It was the only, like, it happened so many times to me as a child that, 
It seemed like it, that was the way of life. Yes, yeah, almost like that's the only way I felt like I was getting any type of attention or any right. type of like right. love, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then, like I said, as I became an adult, it's something I became really ashamed of because then, you know, I, I got past that and I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, mm. you know, and, you know. Like well, I said, we had different experiences. So you tell yeah, your experience. So, with so for me, sorry, I don't know who's calling me. So for me, when when I was molested, I was like four, I think, and four or five. But I just remember feeling disgusted. And so when I got older, like high school or whatever, dating, I dated a little bit, but like. I would never let anything happen. Right. Like, I was a virgin. Like, I, I did not let anything happen because I didn't want to feel disgusted. Right. Like, I don't want to I don't want to feel like a piece of meat. And I think that's why I was a virgin for so long. And I just did not like that feeling. And that's how it manifested for me. And then it was just really hard to, you know, have sex in general like not not just because like i just it was just hard to get up to that point for me for a long time and then i don't know it's like when i was in high school i didn't understand why mm-hmm. i didn't let it happen like i like i didn't want to feel disgusted yeah but like i didn't really understand because i was four and i didn't understand what was going on right and that's why i didn't tell my mom until i was 20 because i was like it hit me out of nowhere. I was like, damn. Like, that's that's fucked up. Like, and then it's, it was it was crazy because, like, the, um, the person who molested me was, I don't even think my brother knows this, but my brother's friend at the time. And he actually passed away not too long after it happened. Like, it was probably a couple of years later. Right. Um, and then I think that's a... I feel like that was like a part of the reason like how what am I trying to say <laughs> it was like that part helped me it sounds so bad but like knowing that he couldn't hurt me or anyone else yeah like or violate anybody else it helped me heal yeah not completely but that was just a part of my healing definitely and yeah so I still struggle with it today like you know I feel that I still struggle with like the for for a long time like the type of sex I still struggle with it mm-hmm. like the type of sex that I have like even in our relationship like I've talked about how like sex became like something that meant nothing to me right. like it and see I'm the opposite yeah so it's so weird like it meant nothing to me and like it didn't make me like feel love or anything it made me feel physically good but not that much else not emotionally right you know Mm -hmm. and like that's still something that i'm working on to this day because like still that emotional aspect of like sex is something that's hard for me to like tap into yeah and I, f- yeah. I feel like being molested as a, as a child took that away f- that emotional and physical connection away from me mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? So that's another one of the ways that like it just reared its head in in my adult life. But um, I really don't have an answer to that one, to be honest. I'm still working <laughs> on that one. Yeah, I feel like um, for me, like I think like I have to be in a certain mood or like if I'm having a bad day, it's hard for me to like want to have sex. You know what I mean? Right. So that fucking sucks. Yeah. It does. <laughs> I know, and she's like a lovey person, yeah, and it's like, like especially when it comes to sex, like she's a lovey person, and I'm not. Like I'm like, let's let's do it. And she's <laughs> like, no, you gotta love on me, and you know. Yeah. So we had to like learn each other like a lot when it came to that because that wasn't something I was used to at all. I'm like, what is love this emotional me. stuff? Like what? Love you know, me. let me write you a letter. <laughs> <laughs> so. Like, we had to grow together with that. But, you know, there's there's a lot of good things that also... I'm not going to say, like, good things, Grandma but... Spooky. Aspects of trauma that, for me, I feel like helped my life. Because I learned to become independent very early on. Mm. And I learned how to do a lot of stuff on my own. And so, as an adult, like... I'm 18 years old. Well, I got my first place when I was 17. I'm working, paying my own bills, got my own car, everything. At 17 years old, you know. That's crazy because I thought I was doing something because I graduated when I was 17. (laughs) I was like, hey, I'm out of college at 17. Oh, God. No. I I leaned on my mom a lot. And that's the thing. I I didn't have a safety net. So everything for me was on its own like and I learned how to be strong I learned how to figure out things I learned how to like talk to people I learned how to you know do all those things to make it through life and like be you know a well-rounded person and also still like the the type of people that I was around and this is one thing I want to say like people talk about drug addicts and stuff like that but some of the best people I've ever met in my life were drug addicts. Yeah. Homeless yeah. people. Some of the best people I've ever met in my life. So in no way, shape, or form, when I talk about these subjects, am I putting my my family down or anybody like that down? Because, like I said, some of the best people I've ever met have, you know, been in those circumstances. And... You know, everybody needs a little help every now and again. Everybody gets in fucked up situations. Everybody makes mistakes. All of that. But at the end of the the day, I appreciate the things that I have been through. I appreciate the people that, you know, are in my life. And the the people that did bad things to me, I forgive them. Not for them, but for myself. That was a big thing. You got to forgive. Not for them, but for you to move on and to understand exactly and it's huge me and my parents you know we have we have a good relationship now um hopefully i'm hoping to get my mom on one of these so we can sit down and have a conversation no so you y'all guys just gonna be can... kikiing the whole time i already know <laughs> so you guys can I'm get never her fl- point I'm, of view no because i'm never flying with y'all ever again <laughs> these mugs sat next to each other on the plane <laughs> and kiki the whole way <laughs> <laughs> the whole way to Cali, like oh, we was having fun. I'm not going nowhere else with y'all. Y'all play too much. 
I'm dead. Yeah, we we be having a you know we 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 still have our moments, but now we have a good relationship. Um, I have a good relationship with my dad now, mm-hmm. for the most part. Like they're my parents, so they still get on my nerves, just like anybody else's parents. We've been through a lot together, but <laughs> we've also grown a lot together, and so yeah, yeah. I I really don't want to um speak on my parents right now because there's a lot going on. I feel you. So uh, maybe next couple podcasts we'll get back to that. I feel that. Well, just being honest. I feel like I poured my little heart out. Um, yeah, but we we ain't talking about one thing that I want to get to. Oh, what? The sensory overload. Oh, I forgot about that. Boy, listen, I think that's um that's a big thing that you helped me realize. Actually, you helped me realize a lot. Like, you helped me realize like. Hey, you got ADHD. Hey, you got anxiety. Hey, you're fucking depressed. Hey, you got sensory overload right now. Like, I never paid attention to those things when I was alone or when I was with anybody else. Like, nobody ever pointed that out or helped me through it. You were the only one to do that. And I appreciate you. I ain't gonna cry. I'm a thug. Yeah. um, You know thugs cry too. No, I think that's, um, I think a lot of people are in my shoes or in my old shoes. Yeah, because <laughs> now I know, and I think that's good to know because it'll, like, because I, f- I figured out how to deal with it, yeah. like, yesterday. I don't know why, but, like, as soon as we go pick up the kids, sensory overload. Yeah. They're all talking to me at once, and I, got, I still got stuff to do, and I got to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and when we get them home... After the first hour, I have to, like, just isolate and just chill out. I might scroll through TikTok. I might just sit in silence. I might read a little bit. I might stretch or something. But that's just how I, you know, come down and just kind of come back to come centered. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. How I get back centered. And I think that's so important because people, like, I got ADHD. Like, I will go all day. I'd be doing random stuff all around the house all day. But it's not good. Yeah, you have to have some downtime. You got to have those moments. Nah, for real. Like, I I remember, so... I think that, sorry, this is the last oh, thing. Ahead. I think that's why, like, people are, like, talking about cancers. Mm-hmm. We be holding stuff in, and we get overwhelmed, and it just comes out, and it makes it seem like we cry a lot, but we don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, y'all do, but it's okay. Okay, it's all, all right. good. Thugs cry too. Remember, wait, wait, till it's, it's cool. wait till we cut this camera off. Wait, it's cool though. It's cool. <laughs> cry right. baby cancers. It's all right. I all was right. just gonna say about the sensory overload, and then um, also like one of the other things is like because of the trauma that I dealt with in my past, like I ended up going to college for um, like counseling, like mm-hmm. drug and alcohol addiction counseling. I didn't graduate, but I went for like three years. And I learned so much. That's really when my journey began of, like, healing myself. Because I remember being in class and, like, learning these things. And I'd be like, oh, what is that? You was probably in there looking like Raven Simone. Just Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> For re- that's why? Oh, my God. Mm. So, like, I started, like, just applying those things to my life. And, like, you know, like, with the sensory overload, like, I get that a lot. Like, I feel like because I had so much going on, like, as as a kid. Right. And, like, now as an adult, like, when I have too many 
things like I can see too much going on like like you said the kids are like running back and forth and they're like talking to me and like you're talking to me and I'm trying to like cook <laughs> and all these things and I'm just like I'm about to spontaneously like combust <laughs> like that's how I feel that's how I inside. feel that's how I used to feel as a kid like when no one would listen to me or would it, or if I was angry or something like I just yeah <laughs> just can't can't get it out I used to have um, these little hidey holes everywhere. You remember I told you, like, when I was a kid, I didn't want anybody to find me, so I would find little, like, hiding places. What was your favorite hidey hole? (sighs) You really gonna make me say it? Mm Mm-hmm. In the (laughs) doghouse. That's adorable, though. I used to get my flashlight and my book, and I would go hide in the doghouse and read my book. That's pretty smart. So nobody would find me, and I would be out there for, like, hours, like, Making everybody panic? No, no. They knew that I was around somewhere. They knew that, like, I would go off and hide and stuff. But, yeah, the sensory overload is definitely a real thing. We we grew up in the country, though. Like, they would just let us run around and not care. Yeah. We didn't have no phones, nothing. They'll come back. Once we moved, like, up there where my grandma was, because for a long time, like, we was in, like, the projects. Mm. Then... We moved up to where my uh, my grandma lives, and, like, she lives in the country. So once we moved up there, that's when I started finding my little hidey holes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, too, like, when I first met you, you were, like, on your journey of, like, physical wellness and stuff. You remember that? And you were, like, yeah, I, I w- just. I would say physical and mental. Like, yeah. I was in a really good spot, and then telling you I ate some chicken nuggets and I <laughs> fucked up. I fucked up and ate some chicken nuggets. Like Don't blame the chicken nuggets. Man, it was the chicken nuggets, bro. Bro, whatever. I was like, I'm feed the kids but I, it was some chicken nuggets left over and I was hungry and then I I'm wasn't dead. I boom, wasn't vegan no more. I fucked it up and I just I ain't been able to get back. I'm so dead. I'm telling you, it's the chicken I, nugget, I think like when when I first met you, like yeah, you were you were like meditating and stuff and all like working out and all yeah. that stuff. And then like as I start like kept getting to know you, like I realized. No, like, as I kept eating chicken nuggets, <laughs> my my mental kept deteriorating. That's what happened. We were vegan for like nine months when I, when we first That's met. That's what I'm saying. After the nine months, well, I started going crazy. No, during them nine months, I was like, what is going on here? Like, it was so much stuff nah, yeah. that I was like picking up on. And I'm like. It was a lot of things I haven't worked. I didn't work through yet. Yeah. And I was like, I have you talked started. to anybody about this or anything? And yeah. like, you would like cold shoulder the fuck out of me like all yeah. the time. Like, it like shut me down. I'd be like. Wait a minute. We fo- this is supposed to be a conversation. You'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I did. I did not like to talk <laughs> at all. At so all. it's definitely been like a, a growing thing for both of us. But Oof. I'm glad that we both like are on the same page and like have been on the same journey and been able to help each other in so many ways. So yeah, it's been nice doing business with you. You too. Yeah. All right. Well. Again, have poured my little heart out. I managed yeah, not man. to cry. I, did, I almost did. Y'all I didn't, almost I got didn't, me. Y'all almost didn't see me. Yeah. I'm good. You good? I see a little tear no, in you there. Don't. But... No, you don't. All right, y'all. Yeah, well, allergies. shoot. The grown folks, we're going to catch y'all next time. Mm-hmm. We love y'all. Hope y'all have a great week. We'll see y'all again next week. And uh, whatever you do in life, 
Make, make it nasty.